Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford. I'm coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And as always, it is a great privilege to be able to say hello to my congregation and the wonderful members of our Saints Network, wherever it is that you may be listening. This is a very important week for our Saints Network for many, many reasons. First off, it is the very end of the month of June, which signifies that, you know, we're at the halfway point of the year, and what a year it has been. We give glory to the Lord for the great successes, the victories, the ways that he has watched over us and provided for us. He is certainly being faithful to his promise for what this year of breakthrough is truly becoming. And uh, this coming Saturday is the first day of July. And as we all know, who are part of the Saints Network, first Saturday means something to us. What does it mean, you may ask? Well, it's a time for all of us to come before the throne in a concerted fashion, in points of knowing agreement, to hear what God would say to us. And then throughout the world, those insights, whatever they may be, are contributed to a, a joint measure of declaration and insight and that's put forward by our interpretation group onto the Saints webpage. It's always a great help to read those but the most important thing is the prayer and the point of agreement around the world in a concerted way with those participating saints who are taking a stand in the place where God has planted them. The directive should be going out, the suggested directive for our prayer agreement. And of course, we're praying in diversities of tongues, so God can do whatever he wants in that measure. But we know that God is directing us toward a certain measure, and that, of course, as I alluded to a minute ago, has to do with the fact that we are now at the halfway point in the year and July is the seventh month. That is the fa- a fast of feasting month. Now, you can argue about which calendar you're looking at. I'm not. We live here. This is our calendar. These are principles that God gave to his people for generations. And the it's not so much the date it's the meaning behind those months and we've taught on this a number of times over the years from the scripture so we need to come before this this uh, new month in prayer giving thanks to the lord for all that he's done all that we know he has said he's going to do and we turn our gaze forward toward aligning with him in the, in the new day. 
um, I believe that that is very, very important uh, to, to be in agreement before the Lord and to have expectation before him. This is, this is essential. This is just the way God's chosen to partner with us. And that is, that is a very vital thing for us to understand. Um, sometimes people say, well, why do I have to come and pray? Why do I have to do this? Nah, 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 nah. We don't ask a whole lot out of you. We really don't. God doesn't ask a whole lot out of us. But this is a point of agreement around the world. Do you know how many nations participate in this? It, it's standing before the Lord almost as a, a feast of the Lord, a feast of Adonai, where everybody says, here am I. And um, so let's be faithful to that. We'd love for you in Dallas to come to the sanctuary at some point in the morning. Uh, but, and I say this, and, and it gives people an out, you can pray wherever you are. Now, I'm going to be in France on first Saturday. I will be there with Monica Terrell and a great group of leaders from our Saints Network. From These are the nations we know are contributing leaders. Switzerland, Luxembourg, Belgium, France. There may be even be some Italians that come across the border and just drive over to Nice. We, um, we're believing that after several years where we were not able to meet, that this end in gathering, which is largely going to be a, a sequenced prayer gathering, where we give brief exhortations, teachings, because every week we've been reaching out to our French brothers and sisters through the live stream. So it's not like we have to catch up on all the things they've not heard. Some of them have not heard, but uh, we're, we're simply going to present ourselves in prayer this weekend because Europe, that vital area in our world, is in dire need. Well, the United States is too, but these folks are positioning themselves uh, at, a, at a crucial point in history and it's a privilege to be able to go there again. Now, some, some might say, and I, I don't know why people don't think before they speak. Um, a lot of folks make a career of that. Why did we take, I don't know how many, 26 people from other nations to go into Brazil? And why are there simply two people going into France? Well, let's think about this. Um, just process it. We've been working in Western Europe since 2003. Do you realize that? We have solid, solid saints that have been allies with us in the work of the Lord for decades now. They they are, they are veterans. And in Brazil, we went into a theater where there were hundreds of people. We needed lots of folks to pray and to influence 
and to pattern and to um, allow our network to get a good look in the mouth of many witnesses at what God's actually doing there. It's a totally different environment. Yeah, we're working with them too, but we're just still in the infancy stage there. So you know what travel costs, you know what time invested costs, and you've, you've got to be wise in allocating, first of all, your resources, but secondly, in knowing what the agenda is. Our agenda is to go where God asks us to go, to make disciples. And once we see disciples in the indigenous land standing, you've got to begin to use them. You've got to depend on them for things. Now, the latent tendency in so many Christians is, oh, you know, you come. And that's what Western Europe has been trained to do. I didn't mean to be talking about this. Ever since the end of World War II and um, missionaries and uh, American evangelists and ministries were coming over to Europe, I mean, it's like, it's like a concert calendar. Oh, who's going to be? I'll just pick a city. Who's going to be in Paris this week? Oh, this big ministry. Who, what about next week? Oh, these prophets. Oh, uh, what do we, what, oh next week. Well, we've got a big rally in this. Oh, oh, and it's just one after another after another, like dance partners on a Saturday night at the at the Bijou. And it's very difficult to, in that kind of environment, you know, Christians then think, oh, we went and we supported them, so everything's fine. Oh, you know, we, we like this ministry, and oh, what great things they said. Oh, it's going to make a big difference. Well, I'm sure it will. But that's, that's not boots on the ground, and that's not having operatives in the land. And as you know from warfare, you can't, you can't do a whole lot by just carpet bombing or sending over Radio Free Europe broadcasts. You better be developing people who will stand in the gap or you're not doing much. So our agenda is always that. And hopefully this is where we are at this unique moment in history for Western Europe. And, but the agenda is to, to really break open the, the ground in intercession and in active hands-on ministry just as we did in France, just as we did in Belgium just as we've done in Switzerland um, and in, in so many other uh, aspects of what the saints are. So, yeah, pray for the leaders there. Pray for, uh, welcome the presence of God with us. It's After th- four years now, um, we, we need to have clear assessment of where the people are, what they need, how God has developed them. Um, and, and so we intend to work with our leadership group there, and um, we will see what God will do. So please pray for us. We look forward to first Saturday. Monica Terrell is already there. Uh, I leave today. 
and um, we'll be back on Monday. So it's a quick trip. Now, service will still be here on Sunday. Everybody will be uh, in ministry. I know that Pastor Fabian's speaking here. My daughter, Katie, Katie Sparrow, is speaking in Wisdom Seekers. I hate to miss that, but I will be listening in, uh, in France. Uh, but please, if you're part of this congregation, support what God's doing here, you know? This histeme is alive. Whether I'm here in person or not, God is here, and you know this. So, the air conditioners are working. Uh, everything is pleasant. Let's, uh, let's see what God will do. That was a long sequence of announcements, wasn't it? So, just be in prayer. Um, we are we're looking forward to being able to bring a good report and um, and I know that God has ordained this time our title for today is concerning the the measure of understanding and strategy that the Bible speaks of in the life of the tribe of Issachar. And we know this passage, but perhaps we're going to look at it from a different way, a different perspective. First Chronicles 12:32 of the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. This is such a wonderful goal to say, God, I want to be this way. Um, saints love to associate with the brilliance that is indicated in this tribe. Uh, a couple of seminars ago, we spoke a couple of times in sessions about whatever happened to Issachar. You can still find that on the archives. Don't write me and ask where. It's there. And if you do have problems after you have searched, reach out to our brother Scott. He can probably help you to find where those teachings are. But um, Issachar, the understanding and strategy um, that this tribe was ordained to provide uh, is, um, is something that we need today. But how does that come? Does it just plop down like an anointing and we have no responsibility if we just pray enough and interpret enough, have hands laid on us regularly? prophesy interpretively and glean that way those are important but even with the best of insight if you don't process it properly what good is the insight the the operative understandings of how Issachar functioned are right there in the verse that we looked at. 
And to me, I, I see that it, um, that it is brought together in three vital aspects. The first is understanding. Now, what is understanding? Does that come through study? Well, of course, you want to study. You want to be alert. But some of the... Uh, I know I get in trouble when I give a descriptive. Some of you just can't tolerate it. Um, some of the most dysfunctional people that I've met in my life were educated people. Uh, I, I say something in my household, which I won't repeat over, over the air. It's clean. But it's about certain smart people who, regardless of their smarts, they really are something else. And so it's not about having understanding, knowledge. It's about knowing what to do with it, how to handle it, how to process it, and then to be able to position yourself in a wise manner. This word that is translated as understanding means to gather, to accumulate, to assess from what you've um, brought before you. It reminds me of what the New Testament advises us regarding prophecy when it says to judge prophecy you take what has been said and you spread it out before you and prayerfully then you look at what is apparent from the accumulation of those things you say well I just don't think I could ever do that stop damning yourself you do it some of you every day somehow you look at your day and you say hmm let's see what do I need to do today what what oh yes this is on the calendar yeah that is I got to do that and you lay it all out and you say okay a good flow pattern would be for me to do this and then I'm going to have to prepare a little bit for that. So I've got to do this. This is at this time. So that is non-negotiable. I've got to get that done. And you do that. Now, some of you may not do that. You just fly by the seat of the pants. I don't know how you folks survive, but somehow you seem to make it. Maybe from the kindness of strangers. I don't know. But most people, and I even think those people process and things they really want to do. Some of the most disorganized people I have encountered in my ministry, in my pastorate, and it's not being critical, it's just knowing your sheep, knowing the tendencies. People that are disorganized largely, they yet know how to get what they want. Some people that mismanage funds can come up with the coolest gadgets. Now maybe that's how they mismanage. But somehow they strategize how to get the, enough money and go to the place where that hard-to-find item is. So my point is, is that all of us 
have the capacity to be mature sons when it comes to the things of the Lord, to have an understanding that's not just studying. You know, you look at military history, you even look at economic history, and people can have all the information in front of them and still do idiotic things. I mean, that's happening in our government all the time. It's happening. I could give you could give illustrations. Just watch. Now, I don't drink beer. I didn't drink. I didn't chew. I didn't run with those who do. I think that may be in Leviticus somewhere. Just joking. I know it's not. Um, but even in in uh, alcohol sales, there's a company right now that did a totally ridiculous woke uh, pursuit and it's made lots of headlines and this company has lost millions and millions of dollars in, in, in earnings the backlash in the public is so strong and I read just yesterday that this same company with the same idiotic maneuver is now doing the same thing up in Canada and they they just I guess haven't learned their lesson so you can have marketing you can have money you can have a brand name you can have devoted patrons and still overlook all of that to do a an idiotic thing that'll hurt you so it's not about just having knowledge or learning those are important we should be studying but that should be stored and ready for the spirit to utilize it uh, as a workman needing not to be ashamed in our life so understanding here is not a word that means to study not a word that just needs means to be observant yes you have to employ those characteristics but it means to gather to accumulate and to assess so they had understanding but of what the times not the new york times not the london times listen the way those media have become skewed you don't need to have an understanding of what they're saying you just need to have an understanding of recognizing what their agenda is and stay away from it where truth hides in the dark truth hides in the darkness is the motto of the gray lady in New York and it used to be that we're going to bring forth truth so the darkness won't prevail now it it really is a self-descriptive prophecy where the darkness is hiding the truth <laughs> that's sad but it really is a, a humorous play on words what were the times now yes we understand that god moves in cycles the cycle of his ways the cycle of the seasons the cycle of how his hand operates the cycle of the sila the cycle of uh, the fivefold, the cycle of the seven spirits. Oh, lots of predictable patterns 
of how God moves, how God does things, how God thinks. But this word for times is not cyclical necessarily, even though a cycle is the operative measure of how God gets things done. So what does it really mean? Times here is more of the idea of keeping your focus on your purpose, on God's purpose. Um, understanding specific points of import and embracing them, utilizing them as encouragement, as sources of direction and understanding. Um, it's like um, even when things are seemingly at a standstill, which could cause people to go off off the rails. Oh, God, I've missed you. Oh, what are you doing? I just don't understand. Oh, I'm in the doldrums, Lord. You're hiding your face. We just say those things like babies. And I've said them. But the times are to know what has God said? What is his purpose? What, what is it that I am called to do? And you, like, like that study we did on warfare where we analyzed the training of the Green Berets, you, you find things that are testament to the faithfulness of the plan of God. And you can find them. And you can trust the Lord. Now, here is, here is an issue for me. I've said this in the past, and I, I can say this from a personal measure of testimony. We, we believe in the Word of God. Of course we do. We believe every promise in the book is mine. We believe that. And I've seen God answer just when people grab on to a verse or a promise whether it's a rhema or not, hear me. And I've seen God honor them. I've seen God honor rhema words that come from the scripture. That's great. And I love to study the word. I hide it in my heart. You do too. But the greatest measure of faith that I've ever known, the greatest measure of applying the scripture and the promises of God that I've ever experienced have always been in conjunction with my understanding of what the purpose of God has spoken over my life, over our identity as saints, and over what he is calling us to be and to do in the world. And that is largely, what, what, is, what is that calling? Well, you should know that. Have you ever listed it out? That we are born-again believers. We are spirit-filled. We have gifts of the spirit. We're applying um, the understandings of the principles of God's word that he's shown us that are really meat of the word. We are saints. We're called to pray to be sons 
to be on our face, to interpret the word, um, to hear what God is whispering to us, to obey, to be at the right hand of the throne of God, to be willing to serve him in the spirit realm, in intercession, always based on the scriptures, to be willing and obedient, to go into all the world as God opens the door and make disciples to work for the night is coming when no man can work. The time is short. While we have, while it is yet day, we must go. That's our purpose. To serve as sons and saints and to obey the directive of the Spirit to go to those places and to those people that God has prepared beforehand, made hungry for what He's shown us in the Word and how we can demonstrate to them what meaneth this and impart to them to make disciples, to establish, as the Apostle Paul did, outposts amongst largely the Gentile nations, which is the tabernacle of David according to Acts. And we bless the Jews, we bless Israel, but we go where the Lord directs us to go. So we know this. And with that purpose, I assess what God is doing <clears throat> through the lens of his purpose for my life and for what I'm called to be. And when I ask the Lord in, um, in the Sha'al of that standing and in the, um, the measures of the types of prayer we've studied together in the New Testament, when I ask God in conjunction with that, that is the greatest point of confidence according to his word. If we ask anything according to his will, we studied this together. That's the assessment of the times. That's the lens by which I evaluate what God has laid around us. I try not to make decisions based upon my, my human giftings. There's a way that seems right unto man. The end of, thereof is destruction. Blessed is the man who leans not to his own understanding. It, my delight is in the law of the Lord. And I'm not trying to sound noble here. But that's understanding. And that's the times. Even when things don't seem like they're going anywhere. Or God forbid they seem to be regressing. I've never understand how people that I know love God. I'm not criticizing anybody. And if you think I'm criticizing you, we'll stop doing this. But sometimes I'll have people, I'll see people who when things are challenging, they go off the rails. I don't understand how God could let this happen. I don't understand why, why, and then they want you to tell them why. And, and what I want to say to them is, let me tell you about the why of what you're doing. 
because it is so wrong. It's insulting to God if you just want to um, if you just want to cut to it. Now it's no sin to say ouch. You need to write that down. There really is no sin to say ouch when things go bad. But when you start ripping into God for why it happened, then you're you're in for it. You're partnering with the attack. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him, Job said. Um, there have been things that have happened in my life, and I've wondered when I was saying, ouch, God, why are you doing this? How did this happen? And then sometimes I'll even go down the trail of, did I miss a warning? How could I have avoided this? And sometimes even the best laid things that you do does, does not remove you from the operative function of what God says in his word regarding spiritual warfare. At some point, you've got to wrestle against principalities and powers. You cannot bind and rebuke that away. At some point, you've got to recognize, hey, the enemy has come in one way. And instead of scattering like Chicken Little pulling your hair and saying, why, why, why? Say, all right, when I've done all to stand, I'm standing. And I see what's happening here. But I am positioning myself for the rest of that promise. That this enemy is going to flee in seven ways. And we're going to gain a great victory and great resources. See, this is largely absent from the vocabulary of even some ardent faith supporters. Now, I'm not welcoming the attacks of the enemy. I don't like it. Many of the are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Um, all things work together for good. How many things? All things. Read that again, brother. How many? All things. What does all mean? All means all. You've heard those great sermons. It gets people shouting, but that they really listen to it. So if you're going to understand the times, part of the understanding is to say, this is happening. This is totally against the purpose of God that I'm standing for. It's attacking me for the, for the desire of stopping me or getting me to run away. But it's really coming against the purpose of God. And so you've got to rely with God and stand on behalf of his purpose for your life. When you've done all to stand, stand there for. Oh, the enemy loves to come and see which part of your poor little old if Tennessee Ernie Ford used to say, pee picking heart, how terrible things have been. Some of you have a whole wing in the in the library of your heart, just containing all the horrible things that you've suffered for Jesus. You need to do a book burning. If you want to have a book burning, burn those. You know, Paul says forgetting those things that are behind. I press forward to the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm preaching now. Should I preach this hard on a hot day in Texas? I better. 
So understanding the times is really a, a measure of study and learning, yes, but processing and keeping your eye on the identity God has given you and the identity of what he's doing in his purpose. You may not understand it all. In fact, remember, you're probably hidden in the cleft of the rock under his hand while his glory's passing by. And you can quote the old song, you'll understand it better when God lifts his hand and you can see the results of his glory. But don't, and some people think, well, I'm just not, getting fed. I don't know how much more food you can get amongst the saints because it's all from the word. And if if you're in the middle of a rough moment, it's not going to do you any good to to search out everybody's op- opinions about it. Oh, this guy over here saying this, this guy over here saying that. Well, I bless them. You don't know where they are. You don't know what they're facing. Their remedy that you're saying, have you considered this, may not work for what you're facing. Have you ever done, you know, again, being a pastor, I've seen people come up to face certain conditions, and as soon as those conditions are known, they don't lack for opinions. Those people don't lack for uh, old wives' tales and uh, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Oh, there's sin in your life. Oh, you've got to go and repent. Or, oh, you, you know, take this elixir. Or you're lacking nutrients. Or, you know, and, and all of a sudden you've got all this. Some of the most challenging moments I've ever had as a pastor is when some dear person would come to my office battling a painful scenario. And you have to wade through all the advice of Job's comforters that have come to them. I had it happen in my life. I remember one time, and I'm not going to go too far into this, uh, I had in one of my children a very challenging moment. And I, you know, I asked the people to pray. Well, all of a sudden, I had unwanted advice by people that just had a shtick that they wanted to give and all their words did was tear me down and I'm not going to go into detail did God answer my need not in the way that I wanted him to but he did answer and there was a point of strengthening because of it that's happened a lot Sometimes the greatest weapon you have is to stand there for. So Issachar understood the times. It wasn't just an anointing slapped on them that they were like Zoltan the Great, the magic eight ball of the pneumatikos. Should I go here? Maybe. Should I go there? Not now. We almost sometimes make Numata, well, I won't say that. People won't understand. Um, The understanding of Issachar had more to do with their willingness to observe and to not have the paralysis of analysis, but certainly to gather and to process. 
just as you spo you're supposed to do with prophecy. And then the times, not necessarily cyclical with this word, but looking for specific points of import on the pathway toward the purpose God has established and, and to celebrate them, to learn from them. You may be at a point of waiting. You may be at a, at a point in the sila that God is, is requiring you to just wait. Well, how long, O oh Lord? Don't ask me. It's the Lord. Spend time with him. But the times, understanding the times. Look at where we are right now. I mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, if any of you were listening. We've, we've got a year of breakthrough. We've got a year where God said, we're transitioning, we're expanding. We've seen that happen. Understanding the times means that we give thanks to the Lord for the things he has done, as Andre Crouch wrote many years ago. Um, and we assess things that we see immediately around us. We're, we're at a breakthrough point for Western Europe. Would you say that's an important part of the world? I would. What's going on in Russia? What's going on in Ukraine? What about the promises of God for Eastern Europe, for Germany, for Poland? What about those things? You think Western Europe, intercessors there, poised on the frontier of breakthrough, might be used of God? Yeah, understand that. Understand that. Seventh month. What is God still perfecting in your life? What do you need to surrender to him? What do you need for him to continue to perfect and work on in your life? And what, well, how do we need to rejoice as trees of righteousness process the bitter things and create in us better things so that we'll grow, produce fruit, overcomers fruit, grow our roots, tap set the cycle of the of the weather of the spirit we've been studying those things are you processing them see gather and utilize nobody else is going to do it for you <laughs> i've got a lot of books in my library and i was looking in in uh, now that we have the computer and this wonderful device on my phone to study anything at any time I'm on a plane, I'm on a train, I'm uh, in my hotel room uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, I can study. I've got my library right there with me. But sometimes I look at books and I think, how long has it been since I pulled that thing and cracked it open? <laughs> it's not about accumulating knowledge. It's what you do with it. Understanding the times. And what Israel ought to do ought to do is always about and you can look this up processing what is the next move what is the measure of advance and in this word was even used to describe and you can look this up for yourself I'm not going there 
uh, romance and how a man pursues a woman. You can look this up if you want to. And you know, this, this again taps into the fact that all of us know how to use strategy, whether we recognize it or not as that, to get what we want. For God and his purpose is to get what he wants. What ought we to do? Measure twice, cut once. Don't just go out willy-nilly. What is the next move? Analyze. Nuts and bolts, as it were. This is a difficult thing for a lot of people. Sometimes prophets just want to prophesy. Oh, you're spending too much time analyzing. Well, if you want understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do, you better do that. You know, that's why the teacher seer functions with the prophet to bring about the measure of the apostolic. We've seen that in fivefold studies, Acts 13, and other places. What is the next thing God wants? And for right now, it may be you just wait. And think about the name Issachar and how Issachar came to be. It, it's kind of a sad story, but it depicts a principle. Leah was his mother. Jacob loved her sister much more. She was obviously more attractive to him. You know the story. Sad story, but yet it depicts God's principle. So Leah had to come up with ways to negotiate being with her husband in an intimate way. So she got those fruits and she this is just weird. I'm not advocating any of you do this. Um, she negotiates with her sister so that Jacob would come and spend time with her. And her sister agrees. Deal struck. She goes out, tells Jacob, okay, I did this deal. Leah does. You're with me tonight. It's good reading. It's in the Bible. So she conceives, and Issachar is born, and she says, God has rewarded me for my labors, my transaction. Now, again, it's not a story we want to emulate in our physical walk today. It's showing principles in the scripture from an ancient time, but it's the principle we've got to glean. What is the principle? Well, it's what we've been talking about here, isn't it? Leah understood the hand she'd been dealt, whether she liked it or not. Was it optimal for her? No. Had she been in some ways mistreated and mishandled? Probably yes. I would say definitely yes in some ways. What did that do to her, uh, her personal um, assessment of herself? Well, her self-esteem was probably not very good, as you might imagine. But she analyzed and understood the scenario. She recognized the time. 
she saw the moment. She did what was necessary to obtain the moment and she kept her eye on the agenda that she felt was her mission. And I think anybody would say that giving birth to a significant number or your proxies giving birth to a significant number of the leaders of what would be the tribes of Israel was an important job, no matter how it happened. Um, you know, I was watching a documentary on Charlie Chaplin the other day when I was uh, working out. Oh, brother, aren't you studying the Word all the time? Well, sometimes, hear me now, sometimes you've got to meditate on the Word. And if you've got a download from the Lord, you've got to just let it settle for a little bit. And you just keep adding ingredients, and you're never going to know what you got in the pot. So, yeah, I want to keep learning. So I'm, st I'm watching this documentary, and they were interviewing this old lady, and she was old. It's no shame to call somebody old if they're, if they're old. Who, was, who grew up with Charlie Chapman when they were little kids. And she said that her mother had 17 children. 17 children. And she said, well, what else was there to do? <laughs> she said, we didn't have television. We didn't have radio. We didn't have any of these things. There wasn't anything else to do. Her mother had 17 children. You know, my family, my dad had 11, there were 11 kids in his family. My mother was, it, it was going toe to toe with that in her golden family. I only had five in my family and now two in my family and now three in Kelly's family, but 17, my goodness, those dear women. So maybe, maybe it was God's blessing to spread it around a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what happened in the Word. I'm not mocking the Word. I'm just saying. But even what Leah did and naming her son by this name really personified what he would become. Did you ever look at what God has done in your life? Where he's positioned you? Some people are never satisfied with what God has given them. Ambition foils them. The opinions of others foil them. Their own jealousies, their own points of competition foil them. You finally settle in to just being who he made you to be and to be the best that you can be there. But to have a relationship with God that's more than just running to Him when you have needs. To gain a sense of purpose for your life and where He wants you serving in regard to His purpose on behalf of the throne for the, for the world. And that's the beauty of the Saints Network. I think we've got the best purpose. We're aligned with the angelic. We're aligned as sons at the right hand of the throne. Um, God is sending us to places. Is it what I thought he'd do? How I thought he'd do it? No. 
It's not. But it's the best. And as soon as you die enough daily and apply these principles to your own life and be faithful in them. Um, see, some people say they're serving the will of God, but they really have in the back of their head something that they want God to do for them, some position. You know, there was a lady once who said, I'm going to do this work for the saints. And she did it well. And then finally one day she said, do you know why I'm doing this? And I said, well, I thought I knew. And she said, I'm doing it so that I can be in the inner workings of what you're doing. I didn't know what to say to that. In some ways, I was kind of offended because I thought, so you mean to tell me you've been doing this work that is necessary, not for the Lord, not because he gave you the gifts to do this, not because other people vitally need this, but for the agenda of being close in the inner circle of whatever that means for the Saints Network, I didn't respond. But I have to tell you, I've, I still worked with this lady. I still appreciated what she was doing. But I, I was wary from that point on. So just function. You know, there was another time where over the years there was a person who kept saying the enemy was attacking, the enemy was attacking. And finally... I recognized after long last what the enemy was attacking and that was this person's belief that they had been bypassed, that um, they were being used, that somebody else was getting the prime place and that's where the enemy will attack you. You can bind it, you can rebuke it. But if you don't get rid of it, you're going to be vulnerable there all the time. And everybody else is going to pay the cost. Not to mention the Lord and his work. And certainly you. So Issachar, he was who he was. He wasn't Zebulun, his brother. He wasn't Reuben. He wasn't Judah. He wasn't any of the others with their gifts and their skills. But he played a vital role and when his tribe became absent, Israel went astray. So, in this week, as we enter the seventh month, let's have understanding of the times and keep our perspective as to what God's doing and keep seeking him for what he wants in his timing to do next. That's how Issachar gets this. It's not us lining you hand, uh, up in a, in a row and laying hands on your head and imparting this. No, you got to do it. It's not an epiphany out of the blue. Oh yes, I have understanding of the times. I know what we should do. Now that can happen. Thus saith the Lord. But it's 
not how you operate day to day. If you're if you're waiting on the three-run homer to to win games for you, that was an Earl Weaver tactic with the old Baltimore Orioles. Only Scott understands that terminology. Uh, you you may not win many games. Um, God can do that. God can bring a clarion word. But day to day, in your ongoing walk, you've got to do what Issachar did. Understand the times. To know, to assess what Israel ought to do. Let's Let's put that into practice this week for our own life, for who you are, for where you are. It can be revolutionary for you. It can be freeing for you. I have to deal with this in my own life. Oh, man, as a person, I always have questions. Not doubtful, but I step back and I see what God is doing, what he's done, and I, I'm delighted in that. If you go over into the corridor of your own thoughts and understandings, don't lean toward them. Let's understand the times, and we will be in a position to know what we ought to do, what the people of God need to be doing. We do have a responsibility, saints. Nations are looking and relying upon your faithfulness to the Lord. Let's be what we're supposed to be. So that's how Issachar functioned, and that's how we need to. Thank you for praying for so many things. Thank you for remembering this ministry in France, safe travel, going, coming, health, vitality. Most importantly, the presence of our Father. Oh, he wants to give so much to these folks for his kingdom's sake. He loves them. They're your children in the faith. Act like it. So, We'll see you next week. Don't forget, first Saturday, don't forget, Sunday service. Uh, we'll be back here for Wednesday Night Live next week. And for those of you here in Dallas, we probably will be sending out some uh, Marco Polos to you. And um, everybody else, we love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening.